Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, what about Steven Stamkos? He scores his ninth career hat trick with two power play one-timers, man. And uh, one when he was diving to the ice. Uh, that's that's one more than Marty St. Louis. The most in team history, the Lightning beat the New York Rangers 6-3. to They extend their win streak to seven games. And Stamkos is hot. Five goals over his last two games. They play a big game against Toronto on Thursday We'll talk about the lightning, and hey, it's over for the Bucks, right? I mean, after losing to the Saints, like our headline said, that's a wrap. Well, eh, not so fast. It's a long shot, but the Bucks got some help Monday night when the Seahawks beat the Minnesota Vikings, who are now 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. The Vikings were the sixth and final seed in the NFC playoff race, but now every team ahead of the Bucks has lost. The Panthers, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Packers win, but they're 5-7-1. and one. So what did Dirk Cutter tell his team? Well... Probably not what you think. We'll talk about that and about the Bucs as we recap their loss to the Saints. All that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud along with Steve Versnick. Uh, hey, you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and service. Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 to take advantage of this great offer on brand new quality train air conditioning units, or you can schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, millionaire. Okay, so Steve, you were at the uh, Lightning game, uh, and I'll tell you what, it, this this hockey team is as hot as any in the NHL right now, and, and they're cl- clearly, for my money, the best team in hockey. They can score with, with anybody. You look up there in this game, okay, the Rangers aren't, this isn't the best Rangers team that they've ever had, but it's a 3-2 game. It's tight. And before you know it, an explosion happens, and they win 6-3 going away. But Steven Stamkos now, he's the guy that's on fire. Five goals in the last two games. He gets a hat trick, uh, a couple power play uh, one-timers. Say what you want about the captain. You know, There's a lot, of, a lot of talent on this hockey team. That guy can still score. Well, he's still one of the most elite shooters in the, in the game, uh, especially that one-timer on the power play, which you know, he, he's lethal from. Uh, even when the goalie knows it's coming. You can't stop it. I mean, he's hitting them top shelf right over the goalie. But tonight gets his first hat trick in over four years, believe it or not. That's crazy. October 14th uh, against Montreal. It was the first game back after they – first game the next season after they got swept by Montreal in the playoff series the year before, and Stamkos just dominated that game. But first hat trick in over four. His ninth in his career, which, as you said, is the most in Lightning history. He got his 700th point tonight in his 696th game, I believe. So he's actually got 701 points. So he's averaging more than a point a game in his career. Got his 250th power play point for the Lightning. Wow. So some big uh, big numbers for Stammer tonight as he hit the scoreboard and got the hat trick. That had to be quite an atmosphere because, uh, as you know, I mean, he's a very popular player with what he's been through 
all the injuries and, and uh, you know, as many years as he's played here now, coming close to a Stanley Cup, never winning one, but uh, certainly they have a team that could get back there this year. Um, but he's a fan favorite. I mean, you know, next to Marty St. Louis, obviously, you know, you had Vanny LeCavier, one of the top three all-time Lightning players, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, from, from the day he was drafted in 2008 as the number one overall pick, I mean, you know, he and Vinny LeCavalier have that distinction for the Lightning as sure. you know, being the all-time greats. But, you know, the hype of, of you know, from when they're drafted and the expectations coming in. And, and to be honest, he's lived up to them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Phil Esposito would tell you he needs to shoot the puck a little more. Uh, you know, because <laughs> Phil when, would when, say that about everybody. Well, he, yeah, he says that about everybody, <laughs> quite frankly. He probably, if he watched tape on himself, he'd probably t- tell himself to shoot <laughs> yes, more, too. That's right. Um, but Stamkos' game has changed, too. I mean, he's an elite shooter. I don't know if he's uh, skates as well as he used to if through some of the injuries and everything else, but he's become quite a passer, too. And it's, it's part of his game. And the, the, the biggest thing that's improved with the whole team, but it, it starts with Stamkos, is faceoffs. Is, right. That's never been a strength on this team during this run the last few years. But this year they're doing Stamkos, Cedric Paquette, uh, Anthony Sorelli, all doing markedly improved in faceoffs. So much that Stamkos takes a lot of defensive zone faceoffs on the penalty kill. And then he'll mm. quickly get off the ice if they win the, the uh, puck and get it, down the, the, get it down the ice. But he's out there to take those faceoffs because he's improved so much on the power play, on the faceoffs. That's a big part of why the Lightning this year are so dominant. You know, I was t- I was told I saw a story about this, and you you probably know which which coach it is, but I was told that they have you know one of their coaches is just really worked with like, like honing in some of the finer points, some of the finer techniques about taking faceoffs, and has really helped them as a team overall. Jeff Halperin, who was a former Lightning player, had been coaching in Syracuse the last I think two seasons, uh, but mm-hmm. he's now one of the assistants up here, and he was he was actually really good at faceoffs when he was a player. And observing mm-hmm. what the other players do and knowing what their what their tendencies are and what they're going to do, and he's really helped the team. Um, and, and but you can also see that you know Stamkos and Paquette and all these players have you know they focused on it too, whether it was yes. in the off season or in practice. Now is it's a point of contention that they need to get better in faceoffs, and they are. Yeah, they're better in faceoffs. They're great in the penalty kill. And Louis Domingue, you know, gave up a, a late goal. Um, you know, the third goal came very late, but. Another win for him. He's been everything and more they could have hoped for with Vasilevsky uh, during his injury. And Vasilevsky now skating uh, back on the ice some. So mm-hmm. he's got to be getting closer and closer. But you don't you – know, we've talked about this before. The last thing you want to do is rush him back. They don't have to. They've got the luxury of Louis Domingue, who's made some really good saves again uh, again last night. Yeah, I mean, Louis has let in a, you know, a handful of goals where you're starting, you know, he'd like that one back. Mm-hmm. But he makes timely saves when they need it. You know, even think of some of the games where they've given up, you know, four or five goals. Like, you know, even the Philly game, which they were leading 5-1, and then all of a sudden it was 5-5. And he made some key mm-hmm. saves late to get that game into overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes the key saves. And it, the schedule's been a blessing for them. That They haven't had a lot of back-to-back, so he's been able to play most of these games. He's got his 14th win already on this season. It's incredible. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we talked about with the Bucks this season. And we've talked about it for the last two seasons because Jameis was even hurt you know, some in, in last season that your backup quarterback comes in and you need him to play one or two or three games. You're hoping he wins one. That's right. You know, now the lightning, you, you know, there's enough talent there that you're not looking to just hold on, but to think he would have 
14 wins at this point and well I think he's 14 and 2 or something like that. I, the number the maybe not the right. The most but. I think it's might be 15. The most the yeah. most in his career. I think Oh is, yeah, is absolutely. He's, absolutely. He's, but he, he's clips. playing so well. Um and, and like you said, is he as good as Andre Vasilevsky? No. But have they missed Andre Vasilevsky because he's playing well enough to keep them in games and and with that offense. I, I Greg Lanelli was counting it up tonight. I think this is their 21st game with four or more goals. Out of 32. It's, oh, it's incredible. They score four and five, six a night. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And, and you get the feeling that if they wanted to, they could put up eight or ten, you know, if, if they just went. They almost make it look advantage. easy at times, and it's not. Oh, sure they do. Uh, but they have so much skill. And, t- and, you know, and granted, they played the Rangers on Monday night. And the Rangers are, you know, they're not rebuilding. They say they're building. Um, and they're mm-hmm. a young team. And, and, look, they're not in the Lightning's class right now. They played hard, and I thought they played pretty well, to be honest. Um, and they bottled up the Lightning for parts of the game. But mm-hmm. the Lightning get behind, and they were behind one nothing. They were behind 2-1. You're just like, yeah, they'll come back. You don't it's, – it's almost scary how when you're watching the game somewhat casually, you can take it when they go down. And, and yeah. hockey, you know, we know in hockey that playing with the lead is, is key and crucial, and it's hard to come back, come from behind in hockey. You know, there's not a lot of goals scored as a whole in this. It's, it's, but the Lightning, you just never feel like they're out of it. And then there are going to be games they lose, and, and that happens. But you never feel like they're out of it because their offense is so potent and so quick, too. Seven wins in a row. That's, that's the longest winning streak for them this year. Um, and there have been longer, longer ones in the NHL, obviously. But for them, um, that's it. And, and you get the feeling. And you had a great, interesting stat before we came on. We were talking – even as good as they have been, still not as good as last year's start, which is incredible. It really is amazing. Cause I, look, I think this Lightning team, we've talked about it. This is a deeper team. This is a better team than last season's team. Sure. Now, what happened Minus in the postseason. The yeah, well, right. but, but, I mean, and, and, and kudos to them. They're doing this without the goaltender right now. They're doing this. Exactly. Hedman missed some time. Strawman is still out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Palat was out for a good bit of time. But last season through 32 games, they actually had 50 points. This year they have 49. They had one extra overtime loss instead of a regulation loss last season. Right. That, and if you remember last year, but they've done this in different ways. Last year, if you remember, Stamkos and Kucherov got off to such hot starts. I think they went 11 straight games with points. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first nine or something with goals for both of them. I mean, it, it, they both got off to crazy starts last season. And then the rest of the team started picking up. This year, Kucherov and Stamkos, particularly in goal scoring, got off to slower starts. Kucherov's been having a phenomenal year assist-wise. But they got off to slower starts. They're now starting to heat up. Braden Point carried the load and Yanni Gore and a few others for a while. Braden Point's cooled off a little bit now, but now you've got Stamkos with five goals in his last two games. Um you know, it, they, they just have so much depth, and they run, they run four lines at you, and, and they're not afraid to put any of those lines out at any time, which also means the players as a whole are playing a little less too, which, you know, over the course of a season can be crucial. That helps, yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, to be, to be as deep as they are, that wears other teams down. I mean, think about know? this. Think about this. Adam Ernie, who was playing extremely well, picked a bad time to get sick when Andre Pilat came back, and he can't get back in the lineup. <laughs> and he was playing fantastic. And, you know, the things are going so well for the Lightning that the, the big talking point now is, okay, when Anton Strawman comes back, we have no idea when that'll be. But when he comes back, who do you take out? Right. We're not talking about, you know, we got to fix this or, you know, the power play or the penalty kill or, you know, you name it. It's, okay, when someone comes back hurt, who's going to come out? 
because everyone's playing so well. Eric Chernak got his first NHL fight tonight, by the way, and held his own I saw pretty that. well. He did Malesky. a nice job. Yes, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. But this team is, is it's very deep. Now, injuries and who knows what's going to happen over the course of a season. I mean, we're only at game 32 out of 82, so there's still 50 games to go. Yeah, those things usually take care of themselves. I mean, usually, you know, you, you, you wonder sometimes about what are you going to do when this guy's healthy or that. But usually there's another injury somewhere along the way. Not mm-hmm. always. Yeah. Um, but they, they are awfully deep, awfully deep. And, and, and it just gets to – we talked about this too, Steve, uh, a minute ago, me and you, is that this has to be their year. This just has to be their year. They – anything, you know – I mean, you kind of felt that way when the season began because, you know, there you were in game six of the Eastern Conference Final needing one more win – Got shut out the last two games, and of course, by a better team, probably Washington goes on and wins the Stanley Cup. So you already, you know, have to climb the mountain and get to the very top almost just to get even with where you were when when you got knocked out a year ago. That said, this just feels like a, a as dominant a a hockey team and as deep as they've ever had. It's definitely. I mean, you know, I've been in this town for you know eight nine seasons now. And it's sure. by far the, the deepest and most talented team they've had. Uh, you know, whether they can get back to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup or win it all, time will tell. I mean, the great thing about the hockey playoffs and, and the part that drives you nuts, too, is that more than any other playoffs, you have so no far. idea what's going to happen. It's yeah, a crapshoot. Home, home ice advantage doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you want it for Game 7, but to be honest, Game 1 through 6, you don't really doesn't really matter to the players in that. Um, you know, it's just, it's a crazy tournament and, 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 you know, you got to win 16 out of 28 games potentially to win it all. That's a lot of games and it's, it's a war of attrition. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. NASCAR, you got parts falling off all over the track, you know, and it's whoever can make it all the way to the finish line. Um, so it is, it is a second season, you know, there's no question about that, but man, they seem, they seem deep enough to withstand, you know, some of the, the natural stuff that happens and, um, what a start. What a, what a start by the Lightning! They they're just they're entertaining. They're rolling. People got to be excited. And really big game coming up on Thursday against Toronto. Well, the next two games, to be honest, and let's start with the Toronto game. So Thursday, Toronto comes to town. Toronto is second best team in the Eastern Conference. I, they might be, and I will double check this real quick here. They I believe they're actually they're the second best team in hockey according to the wow. number of points. So they're eight points behind the Lightning right now. Granted, the Lightning have two played two more games. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto's going to be in Carolina tomorrow night on Tuesday tonight Tuesday night so they're mm-hmm. in Carolina so they'll have one more game before they get to Tampa Bay uh, but these are the top two teams in the, the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division of course most people predicted they would be the top two teams um, Toronto much like the Lightning can roll three to four lines pretty effectively I mean if you remember they signed John Tavares from the New York Islanders in the offseason um, William Nylander is working his way back in and, and is playing now after he held out for quite a while as a restricted free agent trying to get a better deal. Um, offensively, they can roll you know, three, four lines. They're just as deep as the Lightning as far as offensively goes. The defense, they're probably not as good as the, the Lightning at this point. And it'll be interesting what moves they may make during the season. And I would also say Vasilevsky's better goalie than Anderson, no, their goalie overall. But, you know, We'll see what moves they make and how they gel. Tampa, Toronto's a lot like the Lightning, and they're a young team as well, and a lot of youth on that team and a lot of speed. And they're built. The t- these te- teams are built the same way. Um, and it should it should be a fun. I think they face four times this season. This is the first time. Um, it should be a heck of a game Thursday night at Amelie Arena. 
Um, so they catch them on a back-to-back coming off uh, the game. At no, Carolina, Toronto's right? playing Tuesday. Oh, so Tuesday. The Lightning actually have two days off. They have Tuesday and Wednesday off. They Actually, for the first time in three or four weeks, they have an extra day off between games. They've been playing every other day at least for, I think, three to four weeks now. Mm-hmm. So amazing. If you remember at the beginning of the season, the Lightning. So the season opens on a Wednesday. Yeah, they take One like five games. days off. They didn't play till Saturday, their first game. Then <laughs> no. it was five days till their next game on Thursday. That's nuts. So as we sit here now, the Lightning have played the most games in the NHL. 30 yeah, games later, up. and all of a sudden, they went from the least amount of games to the most in 30 games. It's been a well, crazy schedule. I think it's been 25 get, games in 48 days. Yeah, they got into this rhythm where it was literally every other night. And I think in a weird way, though, that probably helped them, uh, especially with a guy like Deming, mm-hmm. um, you know, who you were able to play because of those days off in between, but also kept him in a really good rhythm. You well, know, and, play and players players kind of like it, too, because there's less practice time. That's and right. players like That's to play games. Right. They don't like to practice. Amen, brother. I'm all for canceling practices, even in the NFL. It would be nice. Yeah, and then after, after the game Thursday, then the Lightning go on their first uh, Canadian or West Coast trip. So they're, actually their next two road trips are to the West Coast. Um, but right the, coming after the game. They're, so Sunday night, they're in Winnipeg, who is battling for the top team in the Pacific Division or the, the, the Western Conference, I should say. Mm-hmm. They're in the Central. But uh, them and Nashville are kind of the favorites in the Central Division and Colorado, too. I mean, that's a t- the Central Division is another tough division. Um, so they got a road trip next week of Winnipeg, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. So what better time to go to Western Canada than in December? Yeah, this is not where you want to be. In fact, right now you don't even want to be in Western North Carolina. Well, that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> after the snow bomb, that just that thing was a snowblower, man. We we got we got a little bit of wind, and it's kind of nippy for me here in Florida. But man, that thing was wet and just blowing blowing snow up there. Yeah, and did you hear Carolina. Matthew Joseph's mom was bringing his car down to him, and she ended up driving through the snowstorm without winter oh, tires on the Lord. car. She's okay, oh, and everybody. She got to hear Tampa safe, but dri- oh. driving the car down for Matthew. Uh, uh, and ended up in the winter storm without winter tires. So, well, uh, you know, Greg Almond, my <laughs> former partner, that's now at the Athletic. His uh, his wife and and her mom decided to take a little weekend excursion of all places to Asheville because that's where they wanted to just <laughs> yeah. go and hang out. What could happen? Yeah. Well, they watched it snow from the hotel room the whole weekend, and yeah. they couldn't get back. I have a lot of so, family lives in Charlotte, so we were Facetiming over the weekend so my boys could see <sighs> snow on their patio and. What's well, awesome? And, but, I mean, if, yeah, if you're it's kid, awesome on you Facetime. Want, <laughs> yeah, but try. You know, the thing is, up there in some of those towns, like they they don't have the the you know the snow plows and the salted roads and things to to get you out. You know, so yep. a lot of it's just got to melt. Um, but it will do that eventually. But man, I'm, I was glad that the Bucks weren't traveling this weekend. Um, although they will be headed to Baltimore soon, which brings us to let's talk about those Bucks. You know, yeah, they're out, right? Uh, the season's over. Yeah, just well, you know, write the obituary, right? We thought so. Well, we, I mean, really, legitimately, you kind of, you kind of, you were looking for the priest to give the season last rites, and the other night when they lost to New Orleans. I mean, they had one two in a row, and you know, the old proverbial "run the table," you know, is it was kind of what the prevailing thought was in order for them to get in the playoffs. They had to get to nine and seven. Even that wouldn't guarantee you a playoff spot. I mean, but in the NFC, there were a lot of, you know, really mediocre to bad teams kind of hanging around that in the hunt picture and you know the Bucks needed just one more win at this point um, even going to that New Orleans game and they would be you know have a chance to get to 500 but a win over New Orleans would have made them you know six and what six and seven 
mm-hmm. um, with a chance to go to Baltimore and get to 500. And I've always said, in every season I've covered just about, if you can get to 7-7, seven and seven, which doesn't sound like a lot, but believe me, it's not that easy. If you could get to 7-7 seven and seven and have two game, two, two, a chance to win the next two games to end the season at, and be at 9-7 and seven, to go 2-0, and oh, um, you're going to be on the board and maybe in the playoffs. Now, it didn't happen for the Bucks a couple of years ago when they went 9-7. and seven. They just missed it. Uh, in you fact, know, you remember the second tiebreaker or something, wasn't it? That that's right. It, it was. It, it might have been the fifth tiebreaker, but it was. It was down there. But basically, what had happened was they they went to Dallas. Remember that Dallas game got flexed on Sunday night. Um, they lost that heartbreaking game. Then Doug Martin was inactive because they had some information about him, you know, possibly being suspended for drugs. They go to New Orleans. They lose that game. Then they came home and beat Carolina in a mean, kind of a meaningless game. Even even with the same record at nine and seven. Had they beaten New Orleans and lost to Dallas, it wouldn't have mattered, um, and they would have made the playoffs. But that's not the way it went down. So, um, so you never know. But <clears throat> here you are sitting at, uh, you know, w- with with this record at five and eight, and you're thinking, well, that's got to be it. But every single team that was above them managed to lose, including on Monday night, the Minnesota Vikings lost to the Seattle Seahawks in horrific fashion if you're them um you know that was a three to nothing game for the longest time seattle had a goal line stand against minnesota stopped it on fourth and goal down there and um russell wilson broke loose for a long run they wind up beating the vikings and so you know now everybody's bunched up again the vikings are what six and six now six six and one Uh, yeah six six and one that's right they had the tie uh, you know the Bucks are still five and eight, but yeah. you've got Carolina, Philadelphia, Washington, all at six and seven. The Green Bay Packers at five, seven, and one, and the Giants yeah. and the Lions are also at five and eight. So you got all those teams in the mix still. <clears throat> That's right. Now you're going to need the Vikings to to lose more games, and and you know I think they got the Lions and they got a couple of tough teams in there. Uh, the Panthers have to play the New England Pat or I'm sorry, the New Orleans Saints twice in the next three weeks. Washington is done. They're starting Josh Johnson at quarterback. You can forget about them. The Bucks have beaten the Eagles while they lost to Washington. They split with the Panthers, but they've beaten the Eagles. The Eagles are kind of just barely alive at six and seven. And Washington's um, lost and, four in a row. I mean, since they've lost Alex yeah. Smith, they're oh, they're done. I mean, they they're not going to. I mean, I'd be surprised if they win another game. Um, you know, Josh Johnson. I mean, he's played for nine teams, but he's going to end up starting for them this weekend. And I don't think he's played in the game. Um, other than the one last week when he came in relief, but uh, you know, he I, I think it was a Buccaneer. The last he actually started one game for the Bucks, so that might be the last time he ever started a game. So that they're in a bad place. So so after all of this, you know, Dirk Cutter approached his team on Monday to talk about their loss to the Saints, and he had every opportunity to say, "Hey boys, you know we're still in this now. Don't get." And and I so I asked him about that. I was like, you know, if you look at the standings, and this was when I talked to him, it was before Minnesota's lost. And he was like, everything you said there is true, but uh, I didn't say any of that to our team. Uh, I I mean I I think you you just play them. You know, we we talk about playing the best we can every week, and wherever it falls, it falls. So even though that's all true, that's that's uh, that's not what we talked about today. I'm like, well. Maybe you should, um, but but his whole thing—he's so process-oriented. You know, Dirk is one of these guys. It's, it's pretty—I mean, he wears his emotions on his sleeve for the most part. But I'll say that 
the way he handles sort of Mondays is that Monday is the day where you go in and you put the previous game to bed. You you go over all the mistakes, all the good plays, all the bad plays, and then and then the coaches move on on Tuesday and start taking a look at the next team, in this case, the Baltimore Ravens. So he really didn't allow himself to, to really address. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Press the team about anything other than all the mistakes they made, and they made a ton of them. That game, Steve, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I think you said you went back and watched uh, some of it. But, man, did it turn on one on one play. And, and this is typical of the analytics. I don't have them in front of me, but – Typically, when you have a blocked punt in a game or a, or a special teams touchdown of any kind, your odds of winning that game go way up. And the Bucks had every chance to go up three scores. They're up 14-3. to three. Um, You know, they get in the third quarter. They get a sack strip fumble by Carl Nassib. JPP recovers. You go down and score a touchdown there. You got them 21-3. And I'm telling you, the momentum of that at home – the way the Packers were playing on offense, they had three yards rushing in the first half. That might do it. That that third score. Well, and perhaps if you'd have made one of those two field goals as well, then it's twenty-four to three. Exactly, and they, they instead they missed the field goal, and then you get the punt block and that swing right there in the third quarter, the emotion and the lift that they got. And really it was like it was like thing. a switch flip for New Orleans. That that oh. punt all of a sudden the offense woke up and said, "Okay, let's start playing." Yeah. Yeah, because it, it was house money. You know, mm-hmm. it's like finding a $20 bill in, you know, in the laundry. I mean, it's like or maybe more than a $20 bill. But it's like, you know, they, they had so much uh, momentum and the bucks were so flat at that point that you could just – you could. You, it was palatable. You could feel it. You could feel momentum switch sidelines. And even though the bucks were still leading at that point, they got the two-point com- – you know, the two-point conversion on top of that. So that was, that was more momentum for the Saints. And they they just did not execute on offense. I mean, you know, I thought the defense hung in there as well and for as well and as long as they could. Uh, you know, after a while, they they didn't tackle very well. I think they were just worn down. Uh, yeah, they weren't. I mean, New Orleans was controlling that half. I mean, the, the yeah. defense was on the field a long time. Your offense wasn't nearly as productive. I mean, the first half, I didn't think the offense was great, but they were holding on to the ball. They were the drives mm-hmm. were taking up some time. They, mm-hmm. I mean, the first drive was really good. Sure. Um, and then obviously they scored the touchdown before the half, but the rest of the time, I mean, they were moving the ball some and keeping the ball mm-hmm. out of Drew Brees' hands. Yeah, and they had no explosive plays. Like the first drive, they had I think three. After that, the entire game, there's maybe two more until the last drive when New Orleans was just sitting back and letting them hit the checkdowns and things like that. So they completely shut down their offense. The Bucks did some of that on their own. The offensive line wasn't very good. Of course, you had the spat between. You know Ryan Jensen and and um, and Jameis Winston. You know, I think people make too much of that those spats on the sidelines. Of course they do, but that's what we do, man. No, I, I, I mean, know, but I mean it's always that's why I, I live mean, with it. It's not to say that I mean maybe there's more to it than than we know. I mean obviously you don't know what Probably happens not. all week or whatever else, but <laughs> but I mean this is Probably an emotional not. game. I mean that's I of mean, course you know people are you know you make a big hit and you're up screaming and dancing and celebrating and it's a, I mean it's an emotional game and. 
you know, mistakes are going to be made and tempers are going to flare a little bit. I mean, I, I never read too much into sideline spats unless there's a reason to. You know, there's a history no. of something or in the post game they start saying, well, yeah, actually there's a problem or, you know, then, then sure. But typically happens with teams that are losing. Sure. Um, you see Tom Brady do it quite a bit. You can. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and when he does it, they say, look how in charge he is. Look mm-hmm. how help. Look yeah. how much he wants to win. And and really, it's, you know, it, it it it's cameras. If the cameras catch it on the sidelines and you know about it, but it happens almost every week on almost every sideline. I will say in this case, though, there's a little history here only because Ryan Jensen mm-hmm. – um, you know, came to the Bucks and Dirk Cutter actually defended him today. I mean, I was, I was a little surprised what Dirk said, but, you know, basically when they brought Jensen in here, it was for just this. It was for the attitude of playing mm-hmm. maybe to the line, but not crossing it, but definitely going to the line, um, playing to the echo of the whistle, as Bobby Bowden would say. Uh, they love that. They love the attitude. They love the way he finished. They love the way, you know, what he brought to them. They thought that he was kind of, you know, years ago they had Logan Mankins in his final seasons, and mm-hmm. uh, Mankins kind of helped that offensive line grow up a little bit at the time, and he he played like that. And so they loved how hard he played. But the, it's a double-edged sword because now you're sitting here and there's still three games to go, and Ryan Jensen has leads the team in, with nine accepted penalties for 100 yards. I mean, that's that's a football field for one guy, okay, throughout the season. And four of those penalties – are unsportsmanlike penalties, okay, extracurricular, selfish crap. And and nobody on the team has more than one, okay? So when you talk about, you know, discipline, when you talk about players that don't, you know, that, that don't hurt you, um, you know, that's not been the case with Jensen. I mean, he has had some horrific penalties, and they have backed them up. And on this one series, of course, he had a holding call, then he had the personal foul. And so, you know, it cost them 25 yards. They had to punt. And, and Winston, I'm guessing, because he won't give us any details, but I'm guessing he was upset about Jensen's, you know, continued um, extracurricular stuff that was that was costing them costing them yards. Now, when you talk to Dirk Cutter, as I did on Monday, he defended Jensen. He said, look, I... I personally did not agree with the personal foul penalty. It was, uh, it was on a downfield screen, and... Uh, you know, Ryan, he's, bring, he's being aggressive on that play. It wasn't a cheap shot by any means. I mean, he's running, and about the time the whistle blows, and, you know, on the, on the film you can't see when the whistle blows, about the, you know, he hits the guy, and uh, the guy kind of turned his back into him, and Ryan's trying to jump over him. So uh, we don't want Ryan to have penalties. Uh, he, by his own admission, he, he does cross over the line sometimes, but, uh, you know, he also had a holding pe- penalty. And on, on that particular one, it wasn't the most blatant holding penalty. His hand kind of got caught on the guy's face mask. So uh, do we want him to get penalties? No. Do, do we want him to cha- totally change his style of play? No. He defended Jensen, but nonetheless, there's the penalties. And if you'd have told me, uh, Steve, that in this game that both these football teams with their offenses were going to have under 300 yards, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, But that was the case. Uh, Going in, you never suspected that. Neither team got 300 yards. It's a tribute really to, you know, sort of what they have done on defense after getting rid of Mike Smith. They're not playing with all their best players. um, But they managed to spackle it together. And like I said, you know, three yards rushing in the first half. Uh, getting the turnovers, which they've done the last, uh, what, three or four weeks, uh, a, you know, at least one more sack in the game. 
Um, but the old kicking bugaboo shows up in Cairo Santos. Wow, made I mean, 15- thought we were past that. I know. I mean, he made 15. Look, when a guy makes 15 kicks in a row, I stop thinking about it. I mean, 13 extra points and three field goals. But for whatever reason, this place, you know, Tampa Bay, where kickers go to die, um, there's something about it. And, and the, you know, the, the weird thing is, like, the range has been killing them. They've been doing well from, you know, 33 in, and they've been doing okay from 50-plus. But you get them, this team, from 40 to 49, they can't make a field goal. It's unbelievable. That distance has just bedeviled them this year. And Santos was like, look, I don't, I don't know what happened. I, you know, the ball kept coming off to my foot and, and, and going to the right. And, you know, and, of course, you can't correct a kicker because, you know, there is no kicking coach per se. These guys get here and they have their routine. And, and, and all anyone can tell them, including Cutter, is just knock it between those two yellow poles. But it has absolutely continued to bite these guys. Now, they're not going to cut Santos after – two missed kicks he's going to get a chance to kick against the Ravens but man that that is going to be one of those things that you know when Dirk Cutter Jason Jason Light all those guys look back um it's been years and years now it's just a curse that just continues but I think they still have confidence in Santos and um he'll be kicking this week uh this week in in Baltimore so still a lot to play for I mean the Ravens you know, managed to uh, to give away a game. I thought that they should have won. We don't know if Patrick Joe Flacco, Mahomes. How good is he? Oh, he's phenomenal for a first year starter. Although I don't know about the whole no look pass thing. How do you feel about that? Like, is this going to become a thing in football? Really? Do you see the pass? Yeah, no. I mean, that's that's a, that's that's showing off a little bit, or as they like to say, that's some swag. That's a lot of swag, but I'm wondering if like it's really kind of. I mean, his helmet's facing one way. I guess you can turn your eyes. I mean, is it really no? I mean, you know, it's just weird though. I mean, it 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 is. Well, how about the fourth and nine play where he threw it across his body to Tyreek Hill? Oh, that. No, well, that's just you know that that goes against all the principles of quarterback play. But he's got a rare arm and a lot of confidence. I don't know, Steve. I mean, I watched the Chicago Bears, you know, take apart the uh, L.A. Rams. Yeah. How how big was that Saints comeback? Because they're now in control huge. in the NFC now because the Rams lost at Chicago on Sunday night. Oh, look, it was huge. They're back-to-back NFC South champions. Um, you know, and, and, and to have home to have home field advantage is big throughout the playoffs, especially when you get the first round by. I mean, the number one seed is, is tremendous for you. Well, Peyton and Breeze have never lost a home playoff game. Yeah. I think they're 6-0 and, and, at home in the playoffs and 1-5 and on the road, something like that. Yeah. Well, that's hard, man. It's hard to win on the road, and that and the dome down there is going to be rocking. If they get home field, watch out. I don't necessarily see anybody beating them, but I'm a big Bears fan this year in terms of their defense. I'm not a fan of any team, but I, I just think that I think defense will always travel. I think defense is something you know I've seen it for years and years. Whether going back to 2002, the greatest show on turf. You know when when the Bucks had. Now you got to have an elite defense like the 2000 Ravens or the 02. Buccaneers, but I think the Bears are right there. They're that good on defense, and of course, thanks to John Gruden, you know, making the trade that he did um, with Khalil Mack, that certainly helped. But they they took apart the Rams, who have still a very young quarterback. You forget that Jared Goff is far from a pretty finished product. What I don't trust about the Bears is Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's good enough. Um, but I remember the Bears going to a Super Bowl with a guy named Rex Grossman, who wasn't good enough either. Uh, and yet the defense carried them and got them there and made it a game against the Colts and Peyton Manning for losing. So anything is possible. But my guess is that the Bears will win that division, um, host a playoff game. Then it'll be 
a matter of do they go to New Orleans or maybe the LA Rams or Dallas or what, you know exactly where they're going to be headed next. But if they if I can see them getting the NFC Championship game, I'm not sure they'd go down and beat the Saints in the second round, or I wouldn't necessarily favor them to to win a championship game there either. But I th- I'm 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 buying the Bears defense. Are you? Yeah, I mean that defense is you know we talked about it before it travels. Yeah, I mean, that defense is good enough to travel. Um, where sure. you know, I, I, the biggest worry, and, and you said it, is you know, how's Mitch Trubisky going to play in the Superdome in sure. a second round playoff noise. game? Yeah, I mean, that'd be you know, tough. Do you really trust them? Although, you know, when we say that and we say you know their offense, we don't trust Mitch Trubisky. You know, they're still the one, two, three, four, six, seventh best scoring offense in NFL. No, they they put up the points. I mean, I mean we saw that know, as much as we say we don't trust him. Yeah, I mean, you know, no, look at the quarterbacks ahead of him. You know, as far as scoring offenses, it's Mahomes, it's Breeze, mm-hmm. it's Goff, it's Roethlisberger, it's Philip Rivers, it's Brady, and then it's Trubisky. I I get it, and I agree, <laughs> and, and I th- I think a lot of that is is scheme, and a lot of that is coaching, and and, and some of it's the uh, defense setting them up, and the defense has scored some points too this field year. Field position, yeah, yeah, all of that. But you know how you have the confidence picks where you go, okay, mm-hmm. you're in the playoffs, and you say. Okay, what's your confidence pick? You know, between yep. um, Sean Payton and you know whoever the next, you know whoever they're playing as far as and then the quarterbacks, Drew Brees versus Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky's gonna of all the of all the quarterbacks that are in the NFC, they're gonna make the playoffs. He might have the lowest confidence rating as far as as far as I go. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't win. I, I, again, he's he's had he's had his best year. Uh, and he's getting some good coaching, and, and that always helps. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a wild it's going to be a wild playoffs. Um, you know, and, and look, I don't know the, the Bucks have a very slim chance. I think somebody was telling me that you know it was probably with everything that has happened, it's probably under well under ten percent. Even if they got to eight and eight, but let's not kid ourselves. I mean, trying to beat you know, win at Baltimore, who has you know got a chance to win that division, then going to Dallas, who's been on a roll, and they definitely want to lock up the NFC East. Uh, and then you would come home and play sort of a meaningless game as far as Atlanta and Tampa go, um, you know, if you're not in it. I mean, Atlanta's not going to have much to play for. I still think that there could be, you know, depending on what happens with Dirk Cutter, you could see as many as three coaches in the NFC South get fired, all but Sean Payton, which would be crazy. Um, so lots going to happen these next three weeks. But, hey, Bucks fans, if you're the optimistic glass half full, glass, glass overflowing type type fan then you got something to to be happy about and that is all the teams you needed to lose well they managed to lose the problem is so did your team well that's that's the thing if 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 you can if you could have stemmed that black blocked punt maybe you hold on to win that game that's right then then you're a half game behind minnesota for the sixth seed unbelievable and then of course any of the one game and every team can do this right we you go back and you look at the cincinnati game or the washington Mm -hmm. game or the giants game you know, but, but with one more win, folks, you know. But the hard, this, the hard this. part about that game is that your offense was doing okay. It wasn't great, mm-hmm. but it was doing okay. Your defense was playing really well. It was mm-hmm. the special teams that let you down. It did. And, and the, the, it the, the, the penalties on the offense, particularly the offensive line, didn't help. But, yeah. but really, it was the special teams. The, the missed field goals when you're leaving points on the, the field and then the block punt. I mean, it just block took punt. the air out of the – the team and and, and, and the building, ignited yeah. ignited New Orleans and and you know you hate I mean special teams are just as much important as, as the offense and defense but you actually had you were playing good complementary football overall 
and the special teams let you down. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, so we'll see what the Bucks do going forward in their preparations. Of course, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, I'll be back out at, at one buck place. Hey, before we go, sad, sad story. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, Steve. Lou Pinella fell one, one vote, vote shy of the baseball pro, uh, baseball Hall of Fame, and 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 that is, I can't imagine how that. I know it happens a lot, uh, not a lot, but when it does, you, you certainly you read about it. That's got to be agonizing for somebody like Lou. One Just vote. That, not not one that vote, not that it was, you know, a handful or whatever. One vote short. Yeah. Just one more person to, to, to you know. And you, I wonder if voter I mean, of course you think about that as a voter, but there's there, I think there's literally not this is this is the votes. committee. This was not the uh this okay. is not this the is Hall not of the Fame. Vote. This is the uh Baseball era committee—I forget what they call it—but the I think you're the, right. I think that's why Lee Smith and Harold Baines got voted in. They they didn't make it as when they were on the ballot that right. that everyone votes on. Their eligibility ran yeah. out, correct? And, and and now Lou has to wait. I think another two years. I think before uh, his name would come up again under this this special. Yeah, something um, like that. That sounds about sort of right. category. And he was, you know, I felt bad. I read a quote where he says, "You know, I might be dead by then," and that's that's tragic. So. Sorry about that, Lou. Sweet Lou. Hope he hope he gets into the uh, to the Hall of Fame. Um, and baseball winter meetings are going on right now. They are. The Rays the are Rays in talks with uh, Nelson Cruz. They said talks are ongoing, mm-hmm. and but he's apparently got some interest. Uh, Kevin Cash at his press conference, and of course everyone's asking about opener, 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 opener. And as he said, mm-hmm. we're it, we're doing it next year. The only question is, is going to be every you know two or three starts of your five. You know, they're trying to figure that part out. But, you know, the national writers just hammering him on openers, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, it's here to stay. I mean, I, I think that uh, you, you've seen other teams try it last year. I think the Rays might get a third starter at least and mm-hmm. maybe only have to do it two out of five. Yeah, it seems like teams. they're interested in Charlie Morton from the Astros. Right. Uh, maybe among others. So, um, you know, they've got some money to spend. So. On, there's a lot of closers on the market. Yeah, they want another right-handed bat. You know, to replace some power. Yeah, I mean, they, they added Mike Zanino at catcher to help that. But, yeah, I think they'd still like mm-hmm. another one. They might be active. And, hey, 190 games last year, if you could add to that, you got nowhere to go but up. So, lots going on. We're getting now into the time of year where, uh, you know, the last few weeks of the NFL season, of course, the playoffs going to ramp up the, the winter meetings in baseball, which before you know it, they'll be at spring training. It's just everything kind of accelerates now through the holidays. The bowl season um, coming up. The bowls are getting ready to start. That's right. I always enjoy, yeah. enjoy the bowl games. I mean, they don't – for most teams, they don't mean much, but it's always it's always fun to see the, all your co- favorite college football teams play one last time. Yeah, you can see the Gators in Michigan, right? Absolutely, yeah, in the Peach Bowl up in uh, the 29th, right before the uh, the playoff semifinals that follow those that game. By the way, I saw your boy, uh, Jim Harbaugh, saying, I'm not going to the NFL. Quit asking me. He's not going. Not this year. Not this year? What about? Hey, what is, Ur- Urban Meyer just left Ohio State. The window's open now. <laughs> That's what I, my old thing <laughs> Why was. Why would you leave not, now? <laughs> yeah. He is, he's going to play Ohio State without Urban Meyer yeah. before he goes anywhere. Like, I'm going to beat these guys. And this is my best chance. Exactly right. I mean, so. James Franklin ain't leaving Penn State either. He's like, yeah, Urban's gone. I'll stay. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Right. Everybody wants to play them now, sure. Careful what you wish for. Hey, before we wrap it up, remember, uh, folks, if you want to be a millionaire, 30 years, Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool uh, comfort of air conditioning to the Tampa Bay area. Call them now 
for the service and uh, great pricing. 727-862-2100. Trust the masters of comfort. Millionaire. Hey, tomorrow we're going to have Times columnist Tom Jones for the Is moment. Is that for the last any... time? <laughs> well, At least as a columnist? As a columnist, perhaps, because his, you know, his last day is Friday at the Tampa Bay Times. If you want to send your notes, your letters, your flowers now, um, get them, you know. The, to, question, uh, the question is, and I've always said this, is the going away party going to be held this week or next week? This week, I hear. Because that determines whether you were liked or not, whether they throw the party while you're still there or once you're gone. So, so which is worse? Like they throw it while you're still there is good. If they wait till you leave, it's bad. Well, it just it shows you what they think of you. I mean, you know, if once you're gone, they throw then they throw the party. That means you know you're probably not invited, and they didn't like you very well. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah. Well, there is a separate party for for those of us who are celebrating. But yeah, Tom will not be invited to that one, but I'll, I'll probably be attending whatever they decide to do. I did ask I him. I saw him at the the lightning game on Monday night, and I said, you know, you got like two three weeks off. What are you going to do with yourself? He's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know yet. He goes, my wife will probably have a bunch of stuff for me to do, so I might be looking for something to do. I said, well, you're welcome to jump on the podcast anytime you'd like. Yeah, hey, hey I, look, I think he's going to have all the time in the world now that he's retired. Yeah, well. <laughs> at uh, whatever he's going to do at the Pony Ranch. I mean, that's not, you know, come on now. They created that job for you. It can't be that tough. No one's ever done it before. <laughs> um, but, but he, no, he'll be talking. He'll be busy talking to, like, Lester Holt and, you know, Bryant Gumbel and <laughs> whoever the hell. I mean, I don't know. The people that really do news and hard news and, you know, CNN and people like that. I thought it was all fake so, news. No, nah, some of it's real. You know, I'd be nervous. I told him the other day, I said, man, I'd be nervous. I don't know, Tom. You sure you're doing right? It says, it's not too late. It's not too late. He goes, ah, nah, it's too late. I've already, you know, I've, I've already talked to the woman over there. It's going to be my boss. And we had a meeting. And, and I said, well, it didn't stop you from backing out of this podcast. You did that at the last <laughs> minute. So, so hey. You know, you you know, you know how to back out of things, man. I mean, commitment means really very little to you at this point. No, anyway, we better stop talking or he won't be on with us. But yeah, Tom Jones tomorrow, uh, and then we'll have uh, Matt Baker to talk college football. Bowl bowl time is here. Starts is, Saturday. Is, is, we got five games us? on Saturday. Yeah, so and then I mean, it gets into high great. gear next week. But five you games. It's cool. Saturday. I love the holidays because you can come home and like you know it can be like I don't know during the day on. December twenty sixth, and there's some some college game on. You know what I mean? That you would never watch, but it's but it's like championship bowl series and stuff. You mean you wouldn't so watch Arizona the, State and Fresno State during the regular season? Probably not. But Tulane, Louisiana. I, look, it's Herm. Hello, hello. You play to win the game. Hello, we're playing Fresno. So yeah, I'd watch that. My Absolutely. favorite clip. My favorite clip from Herm when he got hired and. The reporter goes, you know, so-and-so from Devil's Digest or whatever. And he's like, Devil's, Devil's Digest? Di- what kind of name is that? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that now. Oh, I don't. we're going to have to rename that now. Devil's <laughs> Digest. Oh, you don't realize what school know. you just signed up with, Herm? <laughs> yeah, no. It's like, hey, you, we're the Sun Devils. Sun Devils. See? De- oh, never mind. Oh, I don't know about that. Devil's Digest. Nah, I, I don't know. He's done a hell of a job out there, by the way. People, you know, people were like, oh, the game's passing by. So, listen. Game hasn't passed Herm Edwards by, and the one thing about it, like the the impact he'll have on those guys' lives, they will run through a wall for him. I, that's just the personality he is. Now, he does he give, does he give the college players the same speech? You need one car, one house. Yeah, the power of one. That's right. <laughs> All that money they're right. making in college. Yeah, right. well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, skip one class. You know, one watch. You can only you, wear one. You one need car. one major. One major. <laughs> that's right. You don't need two. You need <laughs> one. That's right. 
don't get one F. <laughs> so, yeah, now, he's done a nice job, so that'll be fun. So, yeah, lots lots of bowl championship series stuff going on. So we'll have we'll have plenty to talk to with uh, with Matt Baker and then, uh, and then you know, get you ready for the Bucs and, um, and Baltimore. And who knows who's going to play quarterback up there. I, I would assume Winston will play quarterback here. Um, but there's going to be a lot to talk about with that. So, hey, my thanks, uh, you know, as always, uh, Steve, to you for, for uh, coming in late and doing the uh, hockey game and talking about the Lightning with me. Uh, we are here Monday through Friday, so hope you guys will join us the rest of the week. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Versnick, have a great day, everybody. 